Hey guys, welcome to our Coffee with Alan time today. We are continuing our series on the uh, cult creating, uh, cultivating a culture of wisdom within the church. Now this is based on, if you were with us last time, the book Pastor Paul by Scott McKnight. I read this for our for my pastor's meeting that I go to called LLC. Um, and, uh, and so it's all about Christiformity, uh, culture, cultivating a culture of Christiformity within the church. And what that means is a culture where we are growing, where we are shifting our thinking, we are changing, uh, where we are growing and getting better. Um, and, and so is this all you're being conformed to the image of Christ, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's what cultivating a culture of Christiformity means. And so, and the last part of this book is all about culture, you know, cultivating a, a culture of wisdom in, within the church. And so I'm going to go on a little bit more of what I'm talking about in this. So the scripture passage that this is based on is Proverbs 1. So it says, you know, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for learning about wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for gaining instruction in wise dealings, uh, righteousness, justice, and equity, to teach shrewdness to the simple, uh, knowledge and prudence to the young let the wise also hear and gain learning and the discerning acquire skill to understand a proverb and a figure the words of the wise and their riddles this is where this is where it begins the fear of the lord the awe the reverence the reverent re receptivity of the lord is the beginning of knowledge fools despise wisdom and instruction and like last week we talked about how it's, it's becoming more and more difficult to find a place where we can gain true godly wisdom within our within our world within our culture within our even within our churches um the, you know, this this concept of culture you know, cultivating wisdom where you know the older are passing down their wisdom to the younger and how we've uh, we've created this this juvenileization of the of the culture around us you know, has, has has really grown into this valuing the young, valuing uh, uh, the you know, the younger generations, and, and basically everything in our culture is appealing to these younger generations, and basically discounting everything that the older generations have to offer. Whereas it used to be the opposite. It used to be this: you would go, you would grow to be an elder in in the in in the in the tribe in your in your city, in the church. The older you got, the wiser you got in your faith, um, the more that you were revered and the more people down you know, who were younger wanted to learn, wanted to glean, wanted to grow and become more like the wise person that they were being discipled by, the one that, that was their mentor. Uh, this is why, you know, David, I'm sorry, not David, um, well, you know, guys like, you know, like Polycarp and Irenaeus, and these guys learned from the disciples. The disciples learned from Jesus. And so Jesus was that... that the, you know, the mantle that they were attaining to become. And so then you know, the, the disciples after them uh, were attaining to be, be like Christ, but they weren't able to walk with Christ. And so they would emulate the lifestyles of the apostles who learned the lifestyle from Jesus. And so we're emulating the older so that we can grow and, and mature and become more like Christ, uh, be conformed in the, into the image of Christ. And so in, in our culture today, um, there's, a, there's little value being placed on the, old, on the older um, on the older generations and, and, uh, and raising up the value of just some, you know, the younger, like, you know, specifically like teenagers and young adults, young twenties, basically that's where the culture is centered around. That's where the marketing is really focused. Um, because th that's where, that's what drives our culture is the, is the young and the, and the energetic, not the older and wiser. <coughs> and so, um, what does it look like to be countercultural to that within the realm of our church culture? To culture, to cultivate a culture of 
wisdom where the fear of the Lord, the reverent receptivity of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. And, and valuing the older generations, valuing the mature, valuing those who are more knowledgeable, those who are more experienced, valuing all these people and, th and, and knowledge and wisdoms that we can learn. Um, and, it's, and it's amazing just to see in the scripture, this is what we're gonna base our, our time around today, is how relational this is. Wisdom is relational all the way down. Um, it is learned at the feet of, of the one who walks in the tradition, not just the one who talks the tradition. So the one who has learned these wisdom, th this wisdom by walking it out, by learning it by experience. The, you know, um, <coughs> and, and so I want to talk about a little bit more about like, how do we culture, uh, cultivate this? How do we pass it down? For like a you know, younger, younger guy like me, I understand, I'm kind of like in the middle. You know, I'm, I'm not older, but I'm not, I'm not young. So I'm kind of in this realm in the middle um, where I'm, I'm, I'm learning and growing and, and wanting to become better and wanting to mature. Uh, but also you know, with the younger, with the younger energies and younger foolishness, younger, you know, just, you know, ignorance of what I don't know. Like, you know, don't, I don't know what I don't know. But you know, getting to that point of like being okay with knowing that I knowing that I know that I know that that I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> Basically, getting to the point to where I know that I need to grow, I know that I need to gain wisdom, uh, and I know that I've missed out on a lot of opportunities because I did not listen to the older generation that were telling me don't go into debt, invest in yourself, invest, invest, invest at a young age, compound interest. You know, and I didn't. You know, I took out. You know. Ten, you know, tens of thousands of dollars worth of student loans, and so as we think about you know the wisdom that we're that we that we may miss, you know, whatever season of life that you're in, you can grow and start to grow right now from where from where you're at, and get better. I had a friend even last night tell me that you know he, he did all these things, you know, in the financial markets and he learned all the systems and the ins and outs of it, and things went badly back in back in the day and back in 2008 I think or even earlier, and he just kind of got out of that world. So now he and then we, he went and became a pastor, but then now he's getting back into that world, and now he's having to relearn the, the new system. He's having to relearn new wisdom of the way that the financial you know, financial world is, is working nowadays. Um, <clears throat> but he's learning from all these people who he's being passed down this knowledge to by. Um, so there's a question that we raised last week: Where do you get your wisdom from? Where are you getting your knowledge from? Where are you getting the guidance from? And scripture has a very specific passage when it talks about this, especially when it comes to wisdom within the church. This is Titus uh, chapter 2. I'm sorry, yeah, Titus chapter 2, verse 1. But you are to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. Older men are to be self-controlled, worthy of respect, sensible and sound in faith, love, and endurance. In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at, workers at home, kind and in submission to their husbands, so that God's word will not be slandered. Uh, in the same way, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Make yourself an example of good works with integrity and dignity in your teaching. Your message is to be sound beyond reproach, uh, so that any opponent will be ashamed because he doesn't have anything bad to say about us. Now I'm going to skip on to, to verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts 
and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. Proclaim these things, encourage and rebuke with all authority, let no one disregard you. <coughs> now, I want to talk about that word, recept re re reverent receptivity. Talk about the fear of the Lord. And how do we pass this wisdom on uh, as a church? How, how do you, as you're, as you're watching and listening or listening to this, you know, how do you pass on wisdom? And on, this, and on the same token, how do you gain wisdom? How are you pursuing it and how are you passing it? Um, oh, I came up with that. I just came out of my mouth. How do you pursue it and how do you pass it? Um, you know, so you want to pass on wisdom, you want to gain wisdom, you want to glean wisdom, and you want to pass that wisdom on to the next generation. Um, next next generation of people, you want to, as the Bible says, disciple someone. Um, so I love how the book talks about this. You know, it's like, Reverent receptivity, I must emphasize, begins not with observation of nature or with intelligent de deductions, but with the reverent receptivity, the fear of, the, of Yahweh. Uh, receptive reverence makes possible wise observations of nature and power of learning from experience. Receptive reverence involves learning, memorizing, absorbing, and living out the tradition in which one is nurtured. Receptive reverence includes learning from one's mistakes and correction. Um, and so I want to I focus in on this. Because one of the notes, I wrote, I wrote this, this note on the side because I kept, I kept thinking about it. Okay, there's... When you think about division of the gray hairs and the new hairs, right? We talked about that last week. The older generation and the younger generation. There seems to be this divide, uh, like almost as if we're we're at odds with each other, as if there's this kind of combat, you know, this combatant spirit uh, uh, between us that we have to fight for our way. Um, you know, the, the younger people are, are just fools, and the older generation are, are are fools because they just aren't they're they're out of touch with 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 reality. And the younger, older generation says, you know, the, the younger people are fools and they're arrogant about it because they just act in their foolery and disregard everything uh, from the older generations. And, and there is a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of the truth in, in just simply its, ex, its existence because I think we can see that as existence. However, I do see that there is a push in a lot of people, a lot of young people in their 20s and 30s, to glean the wisdom from the older generations, to not discount older generations. But I also see a guidance um, of the older generation by the younger generation, willing to go along, willing to be, you know, to be led by the younger generation with their energy and their passion and their ability to see new, new, new ways of being, new ways of thinking, uh, new directions, new, new perspectives on things, which both are valuable. Um, but as we think about that last one, receptive reverence includes learning from one's mistakes and correction. Um, and how do we respond? As a, and, finally, and finally, receptive reverence knows it needs to respond to God's word as revelation. Um, but it's this, how do we pass on this wisdom? Are we free to make mistakes? And this is the note that I wrote. One of the major problems with today's younger generation, they are always yelled at, uh, penalized and fired because of mistakes, but never taught how to process them and learn from them. So they were simply taught uh, not to make them, not to make mistakes, and be afraid of making them. 
They were never taught to process them and learn from them, and therefore encouraged to take responsibility for them as a virtue. Uh, I think as I had, I've had several meetings with different uh, pastors and older, you know, older pastors and, and older, older generation folks. Uh, you know, a little more recently, the last few months, about this very concept. Um, because they're asking, like you know, they're asking me, like you know, why are millennials and and uh, Gen Xers so lazy, and why are they so afraid? Why are they doing this? They're doing that. Like, you know, I kept having this question: Why are they bad, basically? And I kind of just responded. I was like, because they were not never taught any different. They were never challenged. Um, they were just expected of. They were just expected that you'll know, without ever being taught. The, the knowledge for for many people in, in the general, like I said, this is just a general, this is just a general blanket. This is not for every. This is not every single person. There are several, several case by case basis, and you know, several. You know, there's I know there's a lot to this, but this is this is just my general thinking. There there was lack of challenge, lack of of accountability in a way that's calling them to be better. There was always accountability, basically saying, do it right. Or you know, and, and encouraged, learn from it. But they were never taught how to learn from it. They were never sat down with the with the boss, or it was not the practice to sit down with the boss or sit down with the superior, to say, okay, teach me what I did wrong and how can I fix it to I, where I don't do it the wrong way, but I do it the right way, or at least do it your way. Um, because I think there's the desire that they want to do things right, but they were just taught that wrong, you know, wrong action mistakes. Are wrong, and you should always, always, you should always be, um, always know that they're wrong, basically. And so, how do, how do we pass on wisdom, and help cultivate the younger generations to learn from mistakes, and that it's okay to make them. In fact, it's not just okay, but it's good to make mistakes, as long as you can learn from them. And let me help you to learn from them and grow and shift your thinking, change your thinking, change your direction so that you can do things differently, so that you can do things the right way, so you can, or at least you can do them my way um, as a supervisor, as someone. So learning and growing um, in this. Um, and, so, and that is what this passage is all about. And, and I think this is, I kept thinking about the church in this instance, that mistakes were always called sin, and sin, you need to repent. You never taught how to repent. You never taught how to shift your thinking, how to change your thinking. You know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so they don't do those dumb actions anymore. You're just expected don't do that action anymore. That's a bad action. Stop doing that action. Whereas the action is just simply the symptom of the the need the need for an inward change, an inward thinking shift, transformation. But they don't. You know, for generations, it's, it hasn't really felt like there's been this focus on discipleship in the sense of helping shift the thinking helping transform it was basically just these are the bad things you don't do these are the good things you do do and here i'm going to be here as an accountability so to make sure you don't do the bad things and make sure you do the good things and i think and i, I pray and hope that this is a, a a culture shift for us especially here at shift church culture shift for you as you're watching this video or listening to this podcast um that this is a teaching opportunity for all of us. This is why we are so adamant about relationships and community at Shift Church. And I believe that this is that's that's the whole root of the one another. Everything over a hundred times in this in this book it says one another, one another, one another, serve one another, love one another, you know, consider one another more important than each than yourself. Um, you know, bear, bear each other's burdens, forgive one another. There's so much about community and growing and being transformed 
in community because it can't happen. Transformation and, and, and this way can't happen from the pulpit. You know, transformation and discipleship can't happen from listening to sermons. That's not where discipleship happens. Discipleship happens with a, with a discipler and a disciplee. Someone pouring wisdom in and a receiver to receive the wisdom and to be transformed and grow. Um, and so this is the culture that, that should be in the church. This older, older men teaching the younger men, this older women teaching the younger women. This is what the way of God looks like. This is how to change your oil. Okay, it's not the way of God. It's just simple things. This is how you do your taxes. This is how you change your oil. This is how you charge a battery, you know, jump, jump start a car. It's, it's amazing the things that you don't realize people don't know because they were never taught how to do these things. Never taught how to make a pot of coffee. Like simple things that you, you and I think, you know, many, many of us think, okay, these are just simple things, but often they're just never taught. They just go to the store and they buy it the way that it is. They don't, they've never taught, been taught, or you can call someone, call your insurance company. But even more so in the church, many people have not even been taught the basics of the gospel, that Jesus Christ was, was God and man in the flesh called the incarnation called, you know, this is called the hypostatic union, God and man and existing in one person, Jesus Christ. And, you know, never being taught the foundations of the gospel that Jesus Christ was, that he lived a perfect life for 30, 30, 30, 33 years, uh, died on a cross and was buried physically and, you know, died completely dead and then physically rose from the dead. And now we're given the Holy Spirit. There's, it's amazing to me how much Jesus and the gospel and the scriptures are not being taught in so many churches. Oh my gosh, it befuddles me. But so having instead of having a a righteous indignation and judgment upon younger generations and younger generations you you guys in your 20s and 30s that are listening to this or watching this having a righteous you know selfish indignation that you are right and older generation have nothing to offer we need an we need a dose of humility we need a dose of humility to say i need to pass my gen- my 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 wisdom on I, you know i need to love people that are just simply you know ignorant of things they just don't know you know ignorance is not like this you know ignorant you know ignorance is just simply you don't know it's not a judgment it's not a condemnation it's just you you simply don't know these things and so let's walk through the bible let's learn about the old testament let's learn and see jesus in the old testament let me walk with you in your faith let me help you cultivate your life how to how to make wise choices in your life not good choices wise choices um because i think the, the overemphasis on good choices you know make a choices you know has been this has been almost a misnomer because they don't know why they're doing the, the things that you call good they don't know why they're good and, and so we need to have this element of learning and understanding the why you know simon Sinek says start with why there's a great ted talk out there that, that says start with why because the why start you know starts everything the why is what leads and guides everything that we do and think and 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 it guides what we do by us understanding why we do it. And it also keeps us doing it because we understand why we're doing it. Um, and I think that's one big thing that this generation uh, has to offer, the younger generation, the millennials and zennials, they, they're always asking that question, why, about everything. Why am I doing this? Why are we doing this? Why, 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 why? No. Because they want to understand why. And so instead of just saying, get in line, shut up, and, and just do it, we need to explain how how explain why 
Why do we read our Bibles every day? Why do we have a, a robust prayer time with the Lord? Why do we faithfully attend a, a gathering of the, of the saints, a gathering of the church, and engage in community, and engage in discipleship? Why? We need to have understanding about being able to understand that question, why? Why engage in your faith? Why attend? Why tithe? There's great reasons why you should offer, you know, give, give financial offerings to the local church. But we need to teach them why. Um, <coughs> you know, why, you know, why, 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 everything in our faith. But for, and, and so the, maybe that may have, might be a challenge for your older generation, is you have to understand yourself why. So that you can explain and, and share that with a with, uh, younger generation, or just simply be willing to learn. They ask why, and then you can say, well, you know what, I don't know. Let's figure that out together. Let's do that. Let's figure it out. And so as, as we think about this, uh, th- this, this concept of wisdom, understanding that Jesus is, you know, that, that wisdom is a person. Uh, Jesus reframed wisdom from Torah to Christ and spirit. Uh, hence for them, wisdom becomes Christ. Christ is wisdom. The crucified and resurrected Jesus is the wisdom of God. Wisdom is a substance-based discernment. The practice of wisdom is determined by its content, and the content for Paul is the gospel, and the gospel reshapes Israel's wisdom into Christiformity, um, being tr- conformed to the image of Christ. And so um, that is what we need to cultivate in our culture. So older generation, me included, <laughs> if you're older than someone and more, more, just simply more mature in the faith, we need to step up. We need to step up and step into our identity and, and our call. That's the, that is what Paul is talking to Timothy, or I'm sorry, talking to, Tim, to, to Titus about, is step up, call your men, call your women, step up, step into your identity um, in Christ to communicate the wisdom of God, which is Christ. Communicate and, and meet with and, and, and cultivate this culture of wisdom in the church. So guys, we need to cultivate, cult, culture, cultivate a culture of wisdom in the church and younger generation you you guys teenagers um teenagers and and young adults you know you know zennials millennials and gen xers we need to humble ourselves and say we don't know what we don't know and we need to walk with someone who is more mature than us in our faith go out with them spend time with them go out for a coffee go out for a meal invite them over to your homes spend time intentionally that big i word intentionally pursuing wisdom Pursuing giving it, pursuing receiving it. Uh, even you older generation, find someone who's older. <laughs> find someone, you know, if you're fit in your 50s, find someone in their 60s or 70s. Learn, glean, grow, trans- be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is how we are going to cultivate, uh, cultivate a culture of wisdom in the church and see Christ grow and transform. That's why we say in our, we are all about transformation. We're about relationships and transformation here at Shift Church. And this is this is one of those elements, discipleship. Uh, we have great resources. Small, the smallcircle.com is a great resource uh, for, for material out there that's out there. Um, just you know, pick up a book and, and read through it. Pick up Pastor Paul. Pick up the Enneagram. Pick up uh, the Gospel Primer. Pick up Just pick up a book together and read it. And let, you know, let God pour wisdom into both of you. Uh, but specifically how maybe older generation understands it through their lens of experience, we can glean so much from. And, you know, and the older generation can, and can glean from our understanding of it uh, as well. And so we can glean from each other. But 
we need to humble ourselves as younger generation and also older generation, humble ourselves and love the younger generation. Don't just discount the, the younger generations. Don't just discount, don't discount each other. Younger generation, don't discount the older generation. There is a treasure trove of wisdom to be found in the church with those who have been walking with the Lord for, for, for generations, for decades. Um, so open up your heart, open up your mind, and let's cultivate, let's cultivate a culture of wisdom in the church as we culture, uh, uh, cultivate a culture of Christiformity. So love you guys. We will see you um, on Sunday, and we, or, or we'll see you uh, right here next Wednesday. Love you guys. We'll see you.